for a long time, all that kind of stuff was exclusively being done online and people were really missing out on the, the human experience of that. And, and now everybody really misses the human experience. So everybody's trying, you know, their hardest to, to, to uh, recreate it. Just adds so much more appreciation to connecting in a human level once we get out of this. Welcome to Distant Pals. My name is Tom Tate, and this is a podcast where we talk about social distancing from a distance. Welcome back to Distant Pals. Uh, this is a podcast about social distancing where we're just having loose, fun, candid conversations with uh, some friends of mine and just catching up and kind of seeing what the situation is like all across the United States. Uh, we also have uh, talked to a few people from Australia and from the UK, so it's, it's been awesome just connecting. And I'm really, really excited uh, to talk about a few different topics uh, with a former colleague of mine uh, and her boyfriend, and we'll turn it over to uh, have them introduce themselves. Megan, how are you? Hey, Tom. Thanks so much for having us. I'm doing great. Um, yeah, so we're from Denver, Colorado. Um, I'm Megan. I used to work with Tom, and this is... And I'm Mike, and I am Megan's boyfriend. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to reconnect. Uh, obviously, we stay connected a bit over social media, but... Uh, this has been an interesting time uh, to be alive, of course, and uh, it's just been so strange. And one of the things we were just talking about before we hit record was it. everyone has a unique experience, uh, even though we're all doing the same thing. Um, so for many of us, uh, some of us have families, uh, some of us have never worked remotely before. Uh, so we, we've talked... Uh, just before we hit record as well, you know, we both worked remotely. Uh, you currently work remotely. Um, Mike, is this a first for you just getting, getting into remote work? Um, no, it's not, it's not a first. I would do it, uh, sporadically. Sure. Uh, Probably, um, I don't know, once or twice a quarter, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Times a year. Um, so doing it on a regular basis is definitely different for me. Has it been a huge adjustment? No, it's actually, I, I, I enjoy it more than, than going to work every day and sitting in the cubicle. I, I like the comfort of my uh, home office here. So. Yeah, yeah. What do you do? Um, I'm a water resource engineer for the city of Denver. Oh, cool. Awesome. Yeah, so we, we mentioned you're in Denver. How's the city been? You know, how, how's the whole area been uh, during this time? Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's different. Um, you know, we live in a very vibrant part of town where there's a lot of bars and restaurants on the main drag that's two blocks from us. Sure. So it's really weird to take a walk and see some of those places have even boarded up. Um, but just, you know, the life is kind of, you know, sucked out of it. So that that's kind of weird, but I don't know. Overall, I think Denver's coping pretty well with it. Are you starting to notice more and more mask wearing, like as you, as you're out and about? Yeah, we've, we've picked up on that over the past, you know, two weeks now. Um, so I probably should date this because it's, it's uh, April 29th now. And I feel like every week that goes by, it's like being in a different world. It's like one week in COVID time is like three months, you know, it's like very, very bizarre. Um, so I was listening back to some of the earlier recordings that I did and it, it's like, we're, we're talking three weeks ago and it feels like a decade ago. It's crazy. Um, so this is obviously, you know, if, if you've only worked from home 
once or twice a quarter. You're now in close quarters together working remotely. So how, how has that been um, for you? Has that been a huge adjustment to be around each other 24-7 and, and try to manage each other's schedules? No, I don't. I think we've been able to transition to it pretty easily. Um, yeah. Like I said, I've liked it. I, you know, we have a dog who just turned one years old. Oh, so nice. It's been nice to spend like more time with him and learn more about him. Um, but yeah, as far as, you know, how Megan and I interact on a day-to-day basis, I mean, it's been, I think, I think it's been a smooth transition. Yeah, it's been interesting learning about each other's workspaces more too. Like he hears a little bit more about what I talk about on a daily basis. And I learned that he likes to pace around the house when he does his like engineering math yeah. problems a little bit. So it's like a really interesting like dynamic there. Yeah. Um, and our house isn't huge at all by any means. So like we are definitely hearing each other throughout the day. And I think it's actually bringing us a lot more into each other's like worlds in a way we never would have if this didn't happen. Like. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I I can say I've like definitely got a greater appreciation for what Megan does um as opposed to, you know, before. Um so I think that's I think that's kind of been, you know, a uh, benefit to this whole thing. It's been really cool to see um kids and dogs and pets like like I've for my colleagues, right? Like so like I've been doing um with meet Edgar, right? So when Megan and I worked together, we, we got a bit of that, you know, we were talking to each other. We were a small team. We were a close team. Um, I since went on to work for a company that has like 400 people globally. So, and it was complete office environment. So you just don't really get that level of like intimacy with, with your colleagues. And it's been really cool to kind of see that side of things, you know, like, and, and be totally cool with it. You know, like the empathy of, everyone being in a unique situation has been really, uh, awesome to see, uh, both, both ways. Um, so I, I can definitely appreciate that too. Um, have you guys been cooking anything interesting? I have been like really, really into what experimental foods people seem to be posting online and, and what they've been doing. Huh. Interesting that you asked. So we've actually done a really great job of going almost like a month without going to the grocery store. And recently I went to the grocery store and bought seriously uh, 49 eggs because they come in like cartons of that. And I've been really into experimenting with quiches. Oh, cool. Which is like super random, but I feel like it encompasses being that like stress baking vibe that you get to bake the crust part, but then also getting to like oh, what can I add to this that's randomly in my cupboard to make this a little more interesting? So I feel like, weirdly, I'd never baked a quiche before this time period. That's awesome. Yeah, my wife uh, subscribed to one of those produce boxes um, where you get like the weird, oddly shaped reject produce, like (laughs) totally organic and healthy and, and, you know, worth eating, but the stuff that they typically wouldn't want to carry in stores. Um, but you never know what you're going to get, you know, so we're getting new vegetables that we typically don't eat. And it's been fun to kind of understand, like, what do you do with this type of food? You know, like we don't get, you know, we don't usually get parsnips, you know? So like, what do you do with that? So, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that really excited me when you reached out and said, Hey, you know, we should definitely, we should do an interview. We should do a call was you had mentioned, uh, that you've been doing, virtual board games and virtual gaming. Um, so I really want to dig into that because I haven't done much. We did some uh, Jackbox games 
uh, through Zoom. So I don't know if you've played any of those. Um, but it's from like the You Don't Know Jack trivia games from like back in the 90s. Apparently they continued to make games. Um, so it's just like fun wordplay games that you can play remotely. Um, we did a family bingo night, which was pretty awesome. Um, it made us realize that like, we don't have to wait three months to see our family. <laughs> you know, like we could have been doing this any, any time. Uh, but other than that, like we haven't done much uh, virtual connecting structured virtual connecting like that, like play a game or actually try to pull something like that off. So I want to learn, like, I want you to teach me like what you've been doing, what's been the best, uh, how you've been setting it up. Uh, anything you can share with me would be awesome. So maybe if we want to start with, you know, like, have you, did you do this like pre COVID? Like, were you playing virtual board games pre COVID or were you just getting friends together to play in real life? Yeah, so we've got two games that we're pretty addicted to. One is called Ticket to Ride and yep. one is called Catan. Um, and we play both of them with people IRL normally. But since this has happened, we've been missing them quite a bit. And we found this great app that's for Ticket to Ride that is like incredible for playing on your phone. So we have this like basically every night we play Ticket to Ride with a group of friends. Um, and it's just a way that we we aren't even on a Zoom call or anything. So we're playing on the app, but it feels like kind of like we're connecting because we're texting about it afterwards and beforehand. And we have a, like a running tally scoreboard going on even. So like at the end of quarantine, when this is all over, we'll queen and king like nice. yeah. champion, which is really fun. Um, so I feel like that's one way to go is on the virtual side, which has been really fun. But the other one that I think we're most proud of is our system for Catan, which combines both putting together like the actual board game and the virtual aspect. Okay. Um, and we've got like a system with Michael's sister and brother-in-law together. That is pretty incredible. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty great. <laughs> we, uh, we have three devices going at one time. So we have an Amazon Echo Show going where we have a conversation uh, between the two households, you cool. know, our household and their household. And then we also project the board from via FaceTime from one iPhone to their iPad. And then they project their board from their iPhone to our iPad. So then we can like physically like actually roll the dice and take cards and build the settlements and build the roads for those of you who are familiar with Catan. Yeah. It's actually, it makes it feel like it's real life because we're, we're talking with them seemingly right across the table through the echo show, but then we're, we're physically, you know, playing the game and rolling the dice and it's not just pushing buttons uh, like you would on an app. So I think that's actually been our favorite. And I think we got, we got it down pretty well. And uh, you know, I think that's been great. Yeah. One of the reasons we actually started doing it this way is because when we downloaded the Catan app on our phone, it was terrible. And we felt like we yeah. weren't getting the actual experience. So we just created this way of doing it. And then we spread it to a couple of other friends. And I feel like it takes probably like almost 40 minutes to explain people the perfect setup. But like yeah. Once, yeah. It once, it's like people get so addicted. And it's such a fun thing to be like, do you want to do it tonight? Yeah. <laughs> so it's been so, really fun. <laughs> so for anyone that hasn't played, Played, uh, so it's set Settlers of Catan, right? So for anyone who hasn't played, how would you describe the game? Hmm. The most nerdy, basically. It, 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 yeah. it is nerdy. <laughs> like, you can't explain this game without sounding like the biggest like Dungeon and Dragon nerd ever. But yeah, basically, your, your task is to uh, acquire resources, 
build settlements, build roads to build more settlements, to build cities, amass 10 points. First one to do that wins. Okay. There's, I mean, that's a very Cliff's Notes version of it. For sure, uh, for sure. A lot of other ins and outs and what have you, but that, that's basically it. So when you're playing with two separate boards in, in two separate physical spaces, so does that mean that your your partners on the other side are mirroring? So so it's ultimately, a, it's, it's, a, it's a game of mirroring at that point to make this successful. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. And, and you know, that... that step in the whole process probably isn't totally necessary you could play with one board but it eliminates the like tangible aspect of holding yes, the, yes. And the cards and, and building so i think that's i think that's where the value is added and 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 i think that's what makes it the more enjoyable experience so so like we project each other's boards more of a you know checks and balance just to make sure that we're we're, we're playing the same game and like if somebody builds a yeah. board here, it's being built on our board. Um, and that, that's really the only reason to, to do it. Cause you, you could get away with just one board, but then it wouldn't be as fun for whoever didn't have the board. Well, I, I think that you're onto something really interesting though, with that, because the longer this goes on, right. I think the more jaded we're going to get to this digital interaction, you know what I mean? So like we're on, we're on zoom right now, you know? So like we're, we're, we're able to see each other. We're able to talk to each other. That's, that's great. I couldn't imagine what this type of lockdown would be like if we were in like the AOL instant messenger days, you know, like pre like 56 K dial up modems. Like, I don't, I don't know what this would be like, you know, like it would be really bizarre and, and isolating. I feel less isolated because we can do stuff like this. You know, we can talk to each other, see each other, but I do feel like there's something missing uh, when you're not able to interact in a physical space with, with the people that you're used to interacting with. So the fact that you're bringing the tangible game pieces and the board into play, I, I actually do think that there's value there. Uh, and I hadn't thought about that before because I know that there are a lot of digital games that people are playing. Um, you know, even when we played, I mentioned we played bingo, you know, so my my dad uh, did the the calling of, of the bingo um, numbers and he had like the rolling cage, you know, and like he did all that stuff through Zoom. Uh, but all the grandkids, they had their own cards with their own little pieces, you know, so like it still felt tangible. Um, but yeah, like I, I really think you're onto something really interesting. So Ticket to Ride has been a digital experience and like no video there, right? You're just kind of, it's just a game that you play kind of like asynchronously, I guess, you know, just. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we typically do that one with my college roommates. And cool. it's interesting because I do actually feel like even though we're not on a video call, Michael's getting to know them a lot better. And he's only yeah. met them once. And it's kind of fun because he actually is picking up on their personalities, even though we're just playing digitally. He'll be like, oh, Shannon, like she's yeah, doing yeah. That again. And I'm like, how did you know that's her personality? So it's interesting how technology, even when you're not on video, can transfer someone's personality in sure. that like I'm kind of flabbergasted that he's picking up on who they are 
um, in that space. So I feel like, you know, I've only met his sister and brother-in-law like twice before in real life, but doing this like Catan version with them over the video, I feel like we do actually get to spend time together and get to be closer as a family. Whereas just playing the app, it's kind of like, oh, whatever, we're not getting to know each other. But talking to him more about it, it's like, wow, you really do pick up on people's personalities, even if you don't have the video aspect of it and like the speaking aspect of it. It's really interesting. (laughs) Yeah, I I feel like uh, it's kind of opened my eyes to like, we should have been doing this kind of uh, connection like way before this whole COVID experience. Like there's no reason we shouldn't have been FaceTiming regularly with friends and family Mm -hmm before this yeah uh, so I, I i'm hopeful and actually optimistic that that will continue when this is over i i hope so too yeah i really do and and you know there's a lot of things that i see people speculating like what are, what are the new norms going to be you know like our company is going to move more towards being remote friendly um all that stuff around business and, and kind of the future of work but you know, in reality, how do we interact with each other, you know, and how we keep up with each other. It'll be really interesting, you know, to see. So um, any other games, like anything that you've experimented with or even non-games, like have you done any virtual happy hours or just kind of catching up with old friends or catching up with people? Yeah, all of the above. So my family has a standing happy hour every Saturday at noon. We all get together, which is actually the most interesting because I have a blended family. My parents are divorced, but um, they're still on pretty good terms. So both my parents are there. And then I have a step-sibling over in Switzerland and a step-brother in Russia. Um, And my stepmom doesn't speak English, but we're all on the call together. So it's like super weird blended family that like, Sometimes it's super weird on Zoom because if someone's trying to translate English into like <laughs> Russian for my stepmom, they'll yeah. like take over the speaking aspect of the Zoom call and you like can't hear the other people talking and it's just like a really funny vibe. And then like my mom only doesn't have Wi-Fi, so she only does it on her phone and her data plan. So like she'll cut in at weird times and she can't see when other people are talking. But it just feels like the funniest gathering as if we were all at Christmas together laughing at each other. Yeah. And- Right. So that's been really fun. I think uh, also, you know, so yeah, we've done those calls with her family and we've done calls, big group calls uh, with other, you know, circles of friends and family. But it's also kind of like, I feel like that platform of, you know, nine people coming in on a Zoom call and trying to trying to have, you know, a social interaction doesn't really work very well. So we've actually even taken a step further where we're like, you know what, there's no reason that we can't just do like, a one-on-one, two-couple-on-couple type of interaction with, you know, the individuals that are on this call. So so last week we did one with, uh, you know, a friend of hers and uh, their, her fiancé, um, and we're going to do one with a group, you know, a couple from my circle of friends this Sunday. So we're like, we should have been doing this the whole time. And I feel like, you know, the one-on-ones work better than yeah. the nine people all at once and nobody's sure when to speak or how to, you know, you know take the, take the floor or whatever. So you know, it's, it's a learning experience for everybody, but it's like, you know, like you said, we're all going through this together. So it's yeah. kind of, you know, interesting to see it all, uh, unfold. I agree with you on the chaos. Um, <laughs> we just started last week doing, uh, Tuesday and Thursday at dinner time. Like I'll set up an open zoom and just text my family. I have a big family and it's blended too. So like my, my mom and dad are divorced, but like they'll both show up, you know, like my stepmom will be there. But uh, 
just like what you said, like having nine people try to talk over each other, like it's a little challenging and, and we're doing it at dinner. So like my kids are trying to eat their food and they're crazy and going nuts, um, making fun of my mom. So my mom is not tech savvy. Um, and she also logs in on her phone. Um, and her name two nights ago, her name last night was IFO. So like <laughs> instead of typing in her name, she typed in I've she was typing an iPhone and she didn't finish the word. I don't know. So my kids were making fun of her and it was really funny, but I feel like my favorite zoom call so far, actually you reminded me has been the Easter dinner we did with his family where like Michael's dad is one of the most stoic people that I've ever met. And for some reason they were like, Oh, I know it was because Michael's nephew who's four years old wanted to hear the song. Like, little bunny foo-foo or something for Easter. And both his parents all of a sudden start going full out little bunny foo-foo on the like Zoom call doing like bunny ears and dancing. And like the whole family was just looking at his dad being like, I've never seen this side of him before. And I almost feel like it was the like anonymity of like the screen being there where he wasn't in person. So he didn't feel like uncomfortable showing that like jovial side of himself. So I feel like that was pretty cool to see him open up in that way of like actually singing and dancing. Right. I don't think he would have ever shown that side of himself in person. I do, I do think there's like a certain like cross section of people that are you know disarmed by this whole thing and, and and can actually you know let their inner self out even more so than before. Yeah, I I, t- I totally agree with that. I've noticed that with people I work with, you know, and it's just kind of interesting to see that come out. You know, um, I I kind of recall Megan. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but like when you were doing. Facebook lives and doing Instagram lives and stuff. When we were at Edgar, you had records behind you. So like, I'm assuming you guys are into music, right? Is that a good assumption? Yeah. yeah, Michael's the big musician. He's in a band and has a huge vinyl collection. Yeah. I, I, so I remember, like, I remember records, um, in, in your background. So have you, have you missed live music or have you been enjoying like some of the, performances people are doing like it's really interesting i i I feel like it's really interesting to see some of these uh musicians in their home and their natural element just kind of doing some raw and really uh compassionate and really interesting performances but i'm a live music person myself and it doesn't compare to me you know like i i really miss that uh that's that side of things so i'm curious if you felt that too absolutely that's you know, and it's starting to become Red Rock season out here where... Oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, it's it's not looking it's not looking good for that opening anytime soon. Um, so, yeah, that that's definitely a big hole uh, seeing live music. That was a big part of the way we spent, you know, our free time. Um, but, you know, artists are going to make the most of it. Um, people are out there putting their, their self out there on uh, Facebook and Instagram doing the live streams. Um, so... I guess, you know, that fills the void in some ways, but yeah, we, you know, we have, I had a group zoom call a few times now with like my bandmates and like we, you know, it's like the main topic we talk about is how much we miss that, you know, once a week in the garage, this is like our time that we do it every, yeah. every week, you know, two, three hours, every, you know, Wednesday night. And, you know, having that, that's probably been to, to me, the thing I miss the most actually is that, that, that actual like actual like visceral experience that you get through live music. Yeah. There's um 
uh, a friend of mine who was searching and I don't know if he found a solution, but, but he's, he plays bass in, in a live band and obviously they haven't been able to play. He was looking for like a low latency solution to be able to play with, with his bandmates. So Not through the, Zoom, but through something, right? I, so the acapella app is really, okay. is really good for that. Um, I don't know if you've seen that. You've probably seen that on social media. Like you can use it as, as a solo artist to multi-track different cool. instruments and vocals and, 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 you know, do a whole song, you know, by yourself. But it's also very good for collaborating with your bandmates or other musicians, really. It, it's, it's kind of a social media platform as well. There's a community on there. Uh, we know you really use it for that. It's more, it's more for just collaborating sure. with one group. But it, uh, that, that, app, that app I have found to be very useful and uh, I think it's really easy to use and probably another one of those things where I look back at it and say, we should have been using this the whole time. Like yeah. this, is, this is a yeah. very handy tool. So have you felt, uh, this question for both of you, music or not music, anything really, but have you felt uh, any surge of creativity? Have you been creating anything uh, or have you felt more anxiety or exhaustion, like the opposite, you know, cause I've noticed both, you know, some people, they feel overwhelmed, uh, you know, kind of grappling with the full range of emotions and then other people being holed up, they feel super creative and they've been doing some really awesome stuff. I'm curious, have you had waves or spurts of any of that, uh, over the past couple of, I guess, six weeks now? I mean, yeah, a couple, six weeks. Couple, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like one of the challenges for me is I've never identified myself as a creative, even though I like enjoy those aspects. So sure. my like outlets for anxiety, um, I was always an athlete, like growing up, I went to college for athletics. Um, so I've been like, really struggling to kind of find that balance. Um, between like how I handle my anxiety through like running and yoga and I've gotten like a leash to run with my dog with and stuff. Um, and then when I come home, I feel like I do my work day stuff, which has a lot of creative aspects to it. Um, so I've started trying to write a lot more about my personal experiences in a way that I can eventually hopefully take it on to like creating these goals of having like a medium blog or something sure. online and sharing those experiences that way. Um, so I feel like that was a goal that I've always kind of casually had, but this might have accelerated it in a way that, um, I wouldn't have in the past. Um, but yeah, I feel like that balance between how you handle your anxiety through like uh, creative outlets versus like physically being like, I've been in the house for 16 hours. I need yeah. to get outside somehow has been really a struggle for me, especially living in a city like Denver, where it's an incredibly active city. And back to your question about like face masks, I feel like one of the ways that I've realized it's become a little bit more aware of people being like COVID is a serious thing is when you see runners around the park in face masks, like that yeah. just started in the last couple of weeks where before that, that wasn't the norm. Um, and I feel like now it is the norm to run in a face mask. Um, so I feel like that part's been interesting for handling my anxiety specifically around creativity. Yeah. I think, um, this whole thing has kind of bolstered my creative uh, you know, side, you know, I kind of made it a point to try to, 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 you know, spend more time, uh, with music, but also like, you know, I totally ripped apart my basement and in, in the process of building a yoga studio. And like, I don't think I would have done that otherwise. And, and it's kind of, I think it's kind of lame that I needed something like this to, to, to like motivate me to do something like that. But, um, 
you know, I have all, I have all kinds of like house projects now that are, that I spend a lot of my time just thinking about how to make like every square inch of this house, the exact way I want it to be, um, from a creative sp- standpoint. So it's interesting when you're stuck in your house, the relationship that you form with your house, <laughs> you know, like uh, we've, we've felt that too. Um, our fence, like we have, we're in a townhouse, right. And we have a really small backyard. Um, but our fence, we have this like tiny little fence. That's just one of those like metal rod ones. We can, we can actually like, pick it up. It's not like cemented into the ground. And, um, my wife moved it to the end of the property line because for whatever reason it wasn't, it didn't go back as far as it could. So it didn't line up with my neighbor's fences. Right. So our backyard felt really small, but finally we've been here for six years. We finally decided to just pick up that fence and move it back to the property line. And now it feels like we have a bigger backyard and it's like, why didn't we do that? Yeah. The first week that we moved into this house, you know, and, and now our kids are running around in the backyard. Like they've never had a backyard before. It's crazy. Um, it's just those little things that, you know, you don't pay attention to until you're kind of forced in this situation where you have to, you know, you have to live with what you have, you know, it's interesting. I mean, we're sitting in our house the whole, the whole day. There's like no reason that you wouldn't want to make it the best place it could possibly be. You know, I think it's, you know, nesting is the term, right? Like, I think we're, we're experiencing that, uh, over here on a a pretty big scale because we got a small house. I think we're on 750 square foot or something like that. So yeah, we're, we're always looking around on how to optimize this place and make it, you know, the best it can be. That's awesome. Well, we can start to wrap things up. It sounds like you guys are optimizing more than just your house. You know, you're finding new and interesting ways to connect with people. Um, probably the most novel way of playing a board game that I've encountered so far, because I've seen people attempt Zoom and, and trying to do the digital thing, but I just love this idea of keeping it tangible um, and, and bringing the physical game pieces and bringing the physical board into the play. Um, so I hope that anyone who's listening to this, um, whether it's something like, uh, Catan or some other board game that you've you've played. I mean, board games have been on the rise over the past decade or so. So I'm sure everyone has their favorites. Um, try that. I, I'm, I'm going to find a way to try that. I'm going to see what my family has uh, in their closets, right? See if we can match board games and see if we can come come across one that we both have. Um, any final any final thoughts? Any final words uh, on your experience? Um, outlook. I mean, it's so hard to say how long we're going to, we're going to be in this, you know, and I think that we're all kind of settling into, uh, coping with that uncertainty, but you know, how do, how do you guys feel and any final words? Yeah. Uh, I was just thinking about how, you know, you were saying that board games is on the rise and, you know, final records is another thing that's been on the rise recently in the last you know decade or so. And I, I think it's, it's actually like a byproduct of the digital age that we live in. Like for a long time, all that kind of stuff was exclusively being done online and people were really missing out on the, the human experience of that. And, and now everybody really misses the human experience. So everybody's trying, you know, their hardest to, 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 uh, recreate it. And, um, so, you know, that's, I guess that's my final thought. Um, yeah. Just add so much more appreciation to connecting in a human level once we get out of this. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully, you know, rebuilding like America's main streets. That's what I want to see, you know? So like 
the record stores, you know, the mom and pop restaurants, you know, like I don't ever want those things to go away, you know? So like if, if they've all been, uh, terribly impacted by not being able to stay in business during this period. I really hope that communities come together and start to rebuild that so that we can continue to have that kind of physical connection. Awesome. This has been a great conversation. Thank you both uh, for hopping on and kind of sharing your experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that I've been mentioning too is because we don't know how long we're we're going to be in this. If six months from now, we're still social distancing. If you guys want to come back on and we'll do like a recap and see how you've been doing since then. Hopefully you're still enjoying each other's company and, and <laughs> playing games and working uh, simultaneously remotely. So uh, maybe we'll bring you guys back on and, and we'll, we'll catch up. Sounds good. Absolutely. Thank you so much for putting all this together. It's a really great little timestamp of what's going on right now. Yeah. Thank you. And, um, we will definitely keep in touch. All right. Thanks everyone for listening and uh, be sure to subscribe. Uh, If you enjoyed this episode, uh, you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, all the places where you can listen to podcasts. And uh, if you want to uh, learn more, just head on over to distantpals.com. been another episode of distant pals my name is tom tate thank you so much for listening the track you are listening to is white telephone by mammal learn more and sign up for the email newsletter at distantpals.com